We're just going to have a family gathering this morning. Is that okay? No, we're all gathered around the, the manger and the nativity scene. Um, and we're just going to pray. We're going to look at some scripture. We're going to wrap up a series that we've been in called the Original Christmas Cast, um, where we've looked at the different characters, the cast of actors uh, in the original Christmas story. And this morning we're looking at uh, the last one before we wrap up and move to a new year, new day, new series next weekend. Um, so today we're looking at Jesus. There's a, there's a thing in, uh, in, in writing called self-insertion where sometimes an author of a story, a writer of a movie, uh, will write themselves into the story. And uh, th there's, a, there's a great director, you may know the name, Steven Spielberg. He's got a lot of great movies, E.T., uh, uh, Jaws, my favorite, Indiana Jones. We've got some Indiana Jones fans out there. Well, but there's a new movie coming out called The Fablemans that he's the director and writer of uh, that's loosely based on his biography and his story when he started making movies. So while he's the director and the writer of this movie, he's also in it. And as I, as I thought about the Christmas story of Jesus being born, I, I'm, I'm reminded of this passage, first of all. Matthew 1, where the angel quotes the old scripture and the prophecy. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. That, that not only is Jesus uh, one of the, the actors or one of the, the cast members of this story, the original Christmas story, uh, but he's also the director. He's also the writer of this story. He's the creator of this story. Hey, buddy, how are you? It's my little boy. He's hanging out. That's totally cool. Um, and so he's also the writer. He's the director of this story. And Jesus, in a way, reveals an unseen God like a word might reveal a thought that you're having. That actually people got to lay eyes on God, the creator, the maker of the world. As, as we think about this, Jesus as the director, I just want us to think about a few things. And, and this is very unexpected, right? God works in very unexpected ways. We're, we're going to spend, and so this morning, Christmas morning, we're going to go to an unexpected passage of Scripture. You ready to go with me? We're going to go to John chapter 1, and I want us to just think about this. And, and what does that really mean, Emmanuel, God is with us? What does that mean for us? In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, uh, the writer, John, says it like this. He says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. It's hard to wrap our minds around. Um, and, and when he says the Word, that, that actually you could sub that out with Jesus the way it's written. So if you want to say, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. If you go back to Genesis, it says in the beginning, right? God created the heavens and earth. Before that, Jesus existed. What? You have Jesus who is not, not just born a baby. He's actually a, not a created being. He just has always been. He has always been around. He was with God the Father. In John 17, he's, when he's praying, he says, Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. That Jesus had been with the Father for eternity past. Pretty neat, this word uh, that John uses here 
For word is actually logos, L-O-G-O-S, and it meant a couple things to the Jews. It's how they described God, the word of God. It's how they wrote that. For the Greeks, logos meant the, the, the great creator, the, the, the thought, the reason behind everything. So they thought about it from a pagan way. And so when John wrote this, he wrote it to both and said, the great creator has always been and he is Jesus. So in the opening of this, he says, one, Jesus has always been. He's not a created being. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. We could spend a month on that passage to help you understand Jesus and God and the Trinity and the Holy Spirit and all those good things. We're not doing it this morning. John 1, 3 says, God created everything through him And nothing was created except through him. So when you see this baby in a manger, and we maybe sometimes think of him as a king, God says, uh, John says, God created everything through him. That not only did he come here, he he created the earth, he created you and me, he created the the, the thought and the ingenuity that created the car that you drive. I used to think of that when I was a kid. Well, God made everything. Did he make my car? Has he got a factory somewhere? He's working? You know, but no, he just gave human beings the thought capacity, he created us in his image so that we could create things and be solve problems and do incredible things. And so he is the creator of everything, and nothing was created except through him. He is an uncreated being, which gives us no place to take any really pride, right? As Beck was sharing her heart this morning. In what world does the pot, the piece of clay, have the right to take pride in the beauty or the beautiful thing that they are, or the good things that they have, or the gifts that they've been given? Because anything that we have has been given to us by Him. He is the potter, and we are the clay. We exist and we have hope to make a difference and do all our dreams and aspirations and work hard simply because he created us. And so if we have any kind of pride, it's because we've forgotten who he is, who we are, and what that relationship really means. He says we are beautifully and wonderfully made. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus that he created us. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Uh, not only was, has He always been, not only is He the creator of everything, but we also see that in Him was life. And this word life actually doesn't mean like the biology of life, like the, the physics or the biology of it. It means the principle of it. So you, we know He breathed breath into Adam and he, Adam's, a, a, into dust, and he, he created life. I want you to just be, just go with me in a stretch for a minute. Life was not even a thing, like this whole context of the world that we're in, okay? He created the entire principle of humans and life and what the world was going to look like. Like He created the very idea of living and breathing creatures. This is his masterpiece, his creation. He was the creator of it, the principle of life, not just biology. Not just breathing breath into our lungs, but that we would even have lungs and they would need breath. 
right? He created all this. In him was life, and his life brought light to everyone. Two of our kind of natural fears there, death and darkness, he kind of speaks to. Uh, shared with about Harker on Wednesday night. We were in here, and he was trying to light these candles, and he asked me to turn the dark on so he could see it. Yet when we go to bed at night, I've never heard him say, Dad, will you turn the dark on? Right? He's like, turn all the lights on. I need that light on. Turn the closet light on. Turn the lamp on. Leave this on. I need Christmas lights on. Like, I don't want any darkness. Because darkness to a kid is scary. Maybe darkness to an adult is scary. Maybe the idea of being alone is scary. Maybe the idea of dying is scary. And he speaks to these two things here. In me is light. You don't ever have to be afraid. The, the, the deepest darkness I can push back. The deepest, darkest thing the enemy can throw at you, I can light it up and fight it, and it's just another thing for me. It's easy. He says, oh, death, I, where is your sting? <laughs> he conquers it. The very thing that we, have to, we sometimes live in fear of, he's like, I already conquered that. And if you're in me, you, you're, my death I was in your place, and you get to live forever. You're in me. Now, you don't have to be afraid of death. You've already died to the old and risen in new resurrection and a new creation in me. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So the Word, this is where he confirms in John 1.14, the Word became human. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. The writer, the creator, the one that's been here from the beginning with the Father, he says, you know what, look, I, I created this thing down there. I'm going to go live inside of it with them. The Word became human and made His home among us. He moved into your community, into your neighborhood. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. He decided, I'm going to go live and be with Him. I'm going to be a baby, just like the things that I created. I want to experience what I've created. He said, I'm going to be a baby. He said, I'm going to experience rejection. I'm going to experience disappointment. I'm going to experience temptation. I'm going to veil some of my, my godliness and my ability to be this, and I'm going to live 100% as a man while still being God, but I'm going to experience what my people are experiencing. So the Word became human, made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Think about the unexpected story we read this morning that we went to that he went to the shepherds to announce this that they they found an unexpected king as a baby in a manger in a nativity where animals would be eaten uh, and so we we find all these these unexpected things the way that God is working and if you go to the end of uh, the end of the book of Luke and in, in, in chapter twenty four. We find another story where Jesus shows up in a very unexpected way. He, he's, been, he's died at this point. He, he's been resurrected, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's the three days after his crucifixion, so he's been resurrected, and there's two believers who are walking back to their home uh, town called Emmaus. And, and they're walking back to Emmaus, and, and, and they're just so discouraged. And we're going to find this here. 
Um, but well, lots, is, lots have happened. A lot has happened because, uh, because, one, they were disappointed that Jesus was crucified. And then they find out, they found out that morning that, that his body's gone, but they don't know where he is. And some people are saying he's alive and they don't really know. Apparently, they'd given up and they were walking back home. So, so we pick up here in that story, and the cool thing is a man just appears to be walking with them. He shows up, and he's walking with them. The man is Jesus. Secret. The man is Jesus. Spoiler alert. Jesus shows up, and he asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. You see, at this point, the story of Jesus' crucifixion was spreading faster than, than, uh, than any Ruth's donuts showing up in the News Express parking lot. <laughs> and yet they were, it says, sadness was written across their faces. They, they, they had come to a place that can veil our ability to see God with us in despair. They were in despair. They come to a place that they thought they had it figured out. They thought Jesus was going to be who he was going to be. And in this moment, they were looking down with sadness. And sometimes you'll find yourself in this position, this posture in life that you just can barely look up from the ground, just in despair. And you say, well, why were they in despair one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. See, big things that happened there. It was Passover feast. All the Jews were, had gathered in, in, in Jerusalem, and, and Jesus had been crucified, and, and, and the women had gone down to his tomb, and it was empty, and they'd come back and got, got Peter and the other disciples, and they'd gone back. Sure enough, it was empty, but he hadn't appeared to anyone yet. This is the first story we have after his resurrection. You see, and they were counting on Jesus. Look at verse 21. We had hoped he was the Messiah who'd come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. In other words, we had hoped he was going to be a political leader and a king, and he was going to rescue Israel. And I'm not just disappointed in my life circumstances. I'm disappointed in Jesus. I'm disappointed he didn't do what I thought he was going to do, that he didn't show up in my life the way I thought he was going to show up in my life. We see this happen all around us where we, uh, we start to believe that for our nation, our state, or community that, that hope is in some political leader or movement. And it always leads to disappointment. Jesus came not about those things, but about man's heart. About your heart and my heart. They felt defeated they saw the cross as defeat, where we now look back and celebrate it as victory. And so there, there could be things in your life right now that look like defeat, that feel like defeat, that might very well be the path that you need to go down and through to see and understand victory. It, it might be the, the very things that God's going to use for you for spiritual growth, for, for, for breaking down sinful behaviors, for deepening your relationship with the director, the creator of all. Verse 22 and 23, they had despair, they were disappointed, and then they had doubt. It said, then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back 
with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. These guys apparently didn't, they had some doubt about that because they were headed back home. They'd given up and they were despair. They were downtrodden. They were looking down at the floor. There was sadness were over their faces. And we find at this point, Jesus has not revealed to them who he is. They think he's just some stranger walking with them. And he begins to teach them and talk to them about all the Old Testament prophecies and what the Messiah was going to be and do. And they get to the Emmaus, the town, and the two men are like, it's late. Don't, don't keep walking. Come in and have dinner with us. Come in and have dinner with us. So Jesus is like, all right, I'll stay and have dinner with you. He's hungry. He's a man. So in verses 30, 31, it says, As I sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. It says, And suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared I want you to think about maybe sometimes in your life when Jesus has showed up in unexpected ways, unexpected places. I want you to remember if you're a believer the first time that Jesus became not just a name and a story, but a personal friend. We remember that the, the instant that the Holy Spirit revealed to you the grace and mercy that had been offered for your life, and you're like, oh, Jesus is, 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 is not just some fictional storyteller. Like, he really lived, and he lives today, and he's inviting me to be in relationship and a part of his family. What you remember how God revealed that to you. I think about the, the shepherds who, who had got to the manger and then they became running. They went from place to place saying, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. I believe they were telling people, God is with us. God is with us. We're telling all the neighbors, God is with us. Even the lowly shepherds, he came to us. He is with us all. He is living and he is present with us. Imagine how these two people felt. The Bible tells us that God is love and Jesus is God with us. Jesus is this love and this love can change the world. You don't always expect it. It's a baby instead of a king. It's shepherds and strangers. Because sometimes God shows up when we least expect it. Some of this has happened for us this Christmas season. As we went through this um, uh, do-for-ones where we do this all year round. But we try to do it especially at Christmas where each of you get to submit a name or someone, a person, a family that says, we just like to bless these people. Uh, we were shooting for 50, and we're really close. We're in the 40s. Um, I'm not sure the exact number, but we've almost blessed 50 different families and people uh, this Christmas season. And, and many of these, I've seen how God showed up in an unexpected ways this Christmas. I was thinking of, of the candlelight service Wednesday night. There was a, a lady, a single mom, and her, her son coming in, and, and she was holding back tears. And, and, and she said, do you remember me? I said, and I, I didn't at first, but then I saw her son, I remembered. I was, and she said, you were, uh, she says, we were the ones, you, while we were living at the homeless shelter, uh, you and some people hired us to work at the boxing gym to help us clean it out. And, and her son's been coming to church here. Her son is now participating in the boxing ring. They have their own place. He was coming that night to sing in the program, and she was holding back tears thinking about from just months ago where God had moved her life from. I thought about the, uh, 
Um, we had a lot of volunteers that went out to, to a, a bunch of our members and, and, and people in our, in our church family that are unable to be here as much as they'd like to be. Uh, some of them are, have health reasons or they're elderly. And, and I think we went to almost 20 different homes and families. And, and, and Larry Joe was saying there was, it, it wasn't just that we brought it. It was that it was a surprise, that it was unexpected. You know, some came completely ready to go to church somewhere. Some came to the door in their moo-moos. What's a moo-moo? Is that like a gown, pajamas, something? <laughs> right? So, so they, they, it's like they didn't know, but they didn't care because it was unexpected. God showed up in unexpected ways, and, play, and that's the way that God works. Then we had this one that we did for it. was a, uh, and, and I'm going to read part of this text. I, I just want to do it as anonymous as I can. Um, but I want you to just hear what happens when God shows up in anonymous ways. Because, because Jesus told us something as he was being ascended after his resurrection. When he was going back to heaven to stay, he said, I'm going to send a helper in my place. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. and He's going to live inside of you. And I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And you see, Jesus, God, is still with us. He is actually inside of every believer. And so as we go, we're being the hands and feet of Jesus. And so this is one text that we got back from a a husband of 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 a lady that someone in our church had on their heart. And I think we may have, I think, I don't know, it might have been a $50 gift card we took them. I don't remember. Hey, brother, I'm sorry to be just now sending this thank you note for what you and your church did for my wife, but I've, always, I've just struggled to find the right words. Can't even begin to describe what your church's act of kindness did for my wife and family. Uh, this year's been a difficult one. To say that is an understatement. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. The stress and pressure have been unbearable. This act of kindness just meant so much for her and for me. To see her joy return was simply amazing. This was one of those acts that will never be forgotten. I would say that it was life-changing. And a define, a definite turning point for her and us. God showing up in the unexpected. As we get ready to close, and we're going to sing one more song here. I want you to think about Jesus as not just the baby, but as the director, as your best friend, as, as, as in relationship with him, as the creator of you, the one who loves you, the one who created the entire story, written the whole story, and humbled himself to step out of it and into the story in a very unexpected ways. But the, the really incredible thing is, and this is what I want you to carry with you, what I want you to take with you is that the story of the New Testament is not just look for the unexpected. I want you to do that. I want you to find God where he's at in your life in unexpected ways and say, reveal yourself to me. Even in this trial and this difficult, just show me how you're using it to love me and encourage me and grow my faith and relationship with you. But I want you to just look for the unexpected. I want you to be the unexpected. That's the message of the New Testament. The message of the New Testament is not just be loved by your neighbor. It is love your neighbor. It is be the unexpected. Be the the thing that people do not expect to see in you. 
Let God turn your life completely around. Let God speak through you. Let God love through you. Let him work through you. Show up at the place where, where someone expects you never show up. They thought you forgot about him. You never think about him. Send somebody the text that you've not texted all year. Do the thing and let God show up in unexpected ways. And just like he changed the world in Bethlehem, he's doing it one little act of kindness at a time through his church still today. So don't just look for the unexpected. Be the unexpected. God, we just pray today as we uh, celebrate Jesus, celebrate the fact that uh, you are not just a baby. You're even more than a king. You are the creator, the author of all things. You are the one that has started a good work within us, and you are the one who said, I will complete it. God, you were one in this moment that, that you found us in unexpected places through unexpected ways. And God, we just want to be your hands and feet. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for the lives that, that we've been able to touch through this Christmas season just by being kind and sharing what you've given to us. God, we just pray that you would stir in our hearts this desire, this longing to be with you, to be like you to love you, to be hungry, to be closer to you. Thank you for the, the good that we have this Christmas. God, can we just be honest in this moment and say thank you for the difficult things? Everybody in here has them. Nobody came in with, with, with just the, the most perfect, the absolutely to the T perfect family experience over the last week or, or all the right gifts or, or, or all the money that covered all the things we bought. Like we came in, honestly, we got nice clothes on, some of us, and we're a mess. But we want to sort through all that. And in this moment, we want to see you show up in an unexpected way in our life. And when you do, we want to show up in unexpected ways for those around us, for our family. We want to lead like we've never led. We want to love like we've never loved. We ask all of this in the most powerful name, the name of Jesus. Amen.